from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. And we're recording. Coach Kyle Clough, Rockford varsity boys basketball coach on a topic as we talk youth basketball, youth basketball programming. And uh, coach followed you from afar. Uh, I've heard great things about you, but this is our first time actually uh, meeting, which is, which is excellent. And, you know, what a better person to talk to about directing and running a youth basketball program than ask somebody who's doing it at a high level with one of the biggest schools in the state of Michigan. So, uh, let's start there. Tell us a little bit of where you're at and, and where you've been, and then you can teach all of our coaching listeners and give us some tips and nuggets on you know how we can do a better job of directing our youth basketball programs. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Obviously a fan of you and uh, have seen a lot of the work that you've done, so uh, appreciative from the basketball world of things of you know uh, shows like this that give us a chance to to learn and share from each other. So uh, this is, uh, yeah, I'm going to my eighth season here at Rockford. And, um, you know, I started my coaching career over in Corona, Michigan, my alma mater, small little class B school over there, uh, played there, came back, coached there, had that opportunity. And then also spent three years down in Southern Indiana, uh, Seymour, Indiana, the heart of Hoosier hysteria. And uh, my wife was in law school at, at Indiana. And so we, we had a great time down there. And, uh, you know, probably a lot of who I am as a coach today is, is because of my experiences down there. And, and then, yeah, we found ourselves here in Rockford. And so, um, you know, very fortunate, feel really lucky to be here. This is a, you know, a great place with a lot of great resources, obviously. And so when you start talking about youth basketball and you start talking about developing a program, um, you know, two things that I think that are so special about this place is we have, we have lots of people, you know, that are willing to step in and help. And, you know, because my experience is it's, it takes an army to put together a, a quality youth program. Um, early on in my coaching career, I, I tried to learn how to do that myself and then realized if it's going to be really good, you better have a lot of good people around you. And so we're very fortunate with that here. And then obviously, you know, anytime I talk about our youth program, it's, I always start with the fact that I understand that we have, you know, 2,500 kids in our high school. Right. And so we're having classes of the upwards of six, 700 kids. And so not everything that works for us is going to work for everybody, but, um, having been at a smaller place and then a medium place and now a really large school like this, you know, I feel like I've got good, good views on all of it and and have had some great experiences throughout all of it as well. You mentioned Corona coach Rocky Buscemi's there now and we've gotten yeah. to know each other and we we've actually have been around some basketball camps there. So that's kind of funny. I didn't realize that you were actually went to, went to Corona. So that's, that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. So you've been at a smaller school, you mentioned Corona, uh, kind of a medium sized school, Rockford, um, you know, being one of the bigger schools in the state, you mentioned some of the enrollment. And before we hit record, you talked about the different elementary schools as well. When you went to Rockford, you know, what were some of the things that maybe you hadn't thought about when it came to becoming a varsity basketball coach and trying to build the program from the ground level on up? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think every every school is different, right? Um when I started in Corona, we had a very uh, nice base established. Uh, John Fattel, who was my high school coach, um, going all the way back to 2003, who's now the superintendent there, you know, was a guy that tirelessly, I think, 
put time into that, that youth program. And when I, when I started there, I felt like things were in place, you know, and we, we just kind of rolled with what we had. When I went to Seymour, uh, part of that job was in the interview process. It was, you have to put a lot of time into this. We are, you know, at that time, not very good. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to take creativity and creating that. Um, and so that was a new experience. I think that taught me a lot, you know, and then once I got here, you know, this is obviously a place that you, you don't come in and try to recreate the wheel. I mean, there's been success here in not only basketball, but a lot of athletic programs. Right. And so you're, you, you gotta be careful coming into a place like this, that you're not trying to just come in and say, well, this is how I've done things and this is how we're going to do things. And so, you know, my first few years here were about, were about, uh, listening as much as I was doing the directing and finding out what things have been very successful around here, what things, you know, uh, meeting with Steve Marley, who won a state title here, meeting with Nick Allen, who was the previous coach, meeting with Ryan DeKuyper, who's been involved in the basketball program for 25 years, and just asking them questions like, what do you love about it? And, and what things do you think we can do maybe better? Um, and then just really learning how to blend that stuff, you know? And you're right, there's a, there's a lot to consider here because we have to balance like we talked about earlier, a sport that is, it's not football, right? So we're not looking at a hundred kids that are going to make it to the varsity level. Uh, we're looking at five kids on the floor at any given moment in a, in a very optimistic world, you're 10, 12 kids on a team, most years, maybe 13, 14. But when you think about the dynamic of fitting eight elementary schools into that funnel, and what the best way to give the kids the most positive experience they can have as youngsters and, and allow that to play itself out um, while at the same time, you know, recognizing that you are at the top of division one. And so you do have to really develop kids early and expose them to incredibly high competition. And so again, just kind of finding that hybrid, I think that was the best way that I could describe our youth program is, is I feel like we have a nice balance of friendly recreational experiences, but also, you know, we throw our kids into the fire as early as third grade and, and travel different places and try to find some elite competition for them. So um, it took time, you know, when we first started, I look back on my first year here and I kind of laugh because I did a little community presentation about our youth program. And I, I, I would wish I would have recorded it and watched it because I probably sounded like a fool in a lot of areas. And, <laughs> and I being naive to some of the things that Rockford is and the, 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 the challenges that this place presents, um, you know, but I feel like, again, we've, we've learned from that. And, and I think every year you're just trying to make it a little bit better, right? Adding one or two things and fixing maybe a couple of things that weren't great the year before. And, and uh, you know, it's a constant work in progress. You mentioned surround yourself with good people. You mentioned, you know, some names and being a great listener and really doing more learning than actually implementing yourself as far as some things that they already had going. What were some of those things that uh, the basketball program was doing from the youth level successfully before you got there? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's going back again, Steve Marley and Ryan DeKuyper, who are basketball gurus from this particular school and very well-respected guys in the area. And, um, you know, I've leaned on Steve a lot since I've been here and, and Ryan has become a very close friend of mine. His son is going to be our starting point guard this year. So he has a level of investment that goes far beyond just, uh, you know, what the youth program does, but, um, you know, we, 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 uh, when they first got here, they started a community recreation program, you know, and there was not a very strong structure in place at that point. And so they really put a lot of time and energy into that. And Ryan is kind of the mastermind behind the way that it looks today. And that program is, you know, as for Rockford kids against Rockford kids, uh, we play our games in, 
you know, in the middle schools here, our varsity players officiate that, our dads coach it. Um, it is it has become a major staple of, of this community, you know, and, and I'll be completely honest, when I first got here, you know, um, the level of importance of that maintaining its stability probably wasn't where it needed to be. Um, I was a little bit more hyper-focused on, you know, how do we get our kids who are going to be diehard basketball kids, how do we get them traveling, right? How do we get them out there playing against really good competition, you know, and, and I probably had too narrow of a lens as the varsity basketball coach. One thing that's been great for me is I have a seven-year-old son now, and so I've started to be able to see the perspective as a father and as a basketball coach and, and seeing the importance of all of it. And so the community rec program was, was there. And I think we learned how to really uh, utilize that and kind of merge that with what is our, what we call the rock program, right? Our travel group and our really competitive group. Um, and uh, again, I think we've, I think we've blended it really nicely where we just try to work those two together schedule wise and, and philosophy wise. And, um, you know, so far it's, you know, it's, it's been good for us. And I think we, we look back at three years ago, we won the first conference title here in what was, I think, eight or nine years. And that was the first group of, of youth rock players that we had. That's awesome. Which was really cool. You know, I mean, that's kind of like the older I get, the more I appreciate those things where you're like, okay, we were patient enough and we, we were here long enough to see some of this come to fruition. And so there's, um, I guess, proof in the pudding that what we're doing is, is putting us in position to be successful, right? No doubt about that. That's uh, that's a re really cool. What's an outline? I mean, there, there's a lot of you know people power that, that goes into this. There's a lot of organization and, and scheduling that comes into play just to be able to pull off a youth basketball program in different locations and the quantity of kids that you have coming through a, a school your size. If you were to give our listeners an outline. I know this is probably hard to do with just audio, but if you were to give us an outline of what a youth basketball program would look like at Rockford from maybe scheduling and duration and teams and grade levels, you know, what would that, what would that be? Yeah. So yeah, we, you know, we mentioned there, there's so many moving parts, right. And I think um, the, the quality of our youth program and uh, you know, I'm confident that it's as, as good as many, requires so much manpower. I mean, to think of the way that we have things in place here to imagine trying to do that myself, or just even with, you know, your varsity staff at a place like this would be impossible. Um, and so one thing that I, it, it goes against my personality a little bit, but I've gotten much better at is delegating and trusting, you know, people like Ryan DeKuyper to completely uh, do things the right way. Right. And I think that as a coach, uh, that's important. You got to have people around you because especially since I've had kids and uh, my wife's a full-time working attorney. And to think that I could do all these things, it's impossible, right? So something would be missing. So first of all, you got to have a lot of help, especially at a place like this. But I think what we've tried to do is we've tried to, we've tried to blend um, that community rec program. For us, when I got here, that started, uh, that was from third to sixth grade. Um, that's a boys and girls program, obviously separate, but our, you know, Brad Wilson, who was our girls coach, just won a state title. And we've, we've worked so close over the last five or six years as well to try to kind of mirror each other and, and uh, provide equal opportunities there for the kids. But third through sixth grade, uh, you know, we have anywhere from eight to nine kids on a team. They play on Saturday mornings and that, that idea is, you know, it's not new, right? A lot of schools have a recreational program. Um, we have our varsity players there, Refn, we have them there involved in it. And 
that to me is, is, um, is an important piece of your program. It connects our varsity guys to that. Uh, that, that piece in itself was, like I said, mostly in place. One thing that we have done in the last couple of years is we expanded that and we added in um, kindergarten through second grade as well. All right. And so for a long time here, one of the reasons that wasn't done was sheer facility availability and numbers. And so thankfully over the last couple of years, we've even had more upgrades here where we have, you know, a beautiful auxiliary gym. Now we have a freshman center gym that weren't, both of those were not operational when I first started. Um, and then selfishly, like I said, my son got to kindergarten and I was like, why am I going to the YMCA on Saturday at eight o'clock and then coming over here at 10 o'clock for the rest of our third through sixth grade game. So mm -hmm. we added that, which is awesome. Um, that's been a huge, huge addition. You know, it's so much fun watching even our kindergarten kids play. We've, you know, again, had to invest in this, right. We had to get those extensive extension hoops that go on the main baskets that can bring us down to eight feet. And so, yeah, man, I mean, on Saturdays here, we are at four, five different facilities in Rockford, um, with anywhere from developmental kindergarten kids to sixth grade players, you know, and again, Brad Wilson, the girls coach, myself, my two assistants, my JV coach, Ryan DeKuyper, we've got people everywhere. And so it takes enormous manpower to do that stuff here, but that's been a, a very awesome part of what we do here. The other thing that we've done, which again, is something I kind of brought from Indiana is we created the rock travel program. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, third through sixth grade travel program where we actually bring kids in uh, we do a training camp so we do like a multiple multi-day training camp where we put kids through drills um, it's it's essentially a form of a tryout if you will but we try to avoid that terminology because we don't cut anybody from that program that's one thing that I've been committed to since my time in Seymour is we want to have this opportunity to travel and go play other places but we don't want to eliminate anybody from that that's right. interested so um, and then again, at place like Rockford, we have pretty much through third through sixth grade, we have three teams usually in every grade. Um, so we're looking for anywhere from, you know, 25 to 30 ish kids per grade level that are interested in that opportunity. And then our training camp trial process, we, we kind of evaluate them, you know, and again, somebody listening to this, there, there's going to be critics of certain parts of this, right? You could, you could make the argument, well, how in the world do you evaluate a third grader, right? Like I watched my son who's in first grade. I, I couldn't tell you the really good ones from the bad ones. You just don't know. And there's so many things that can change, but for us, um, the way we try to approach that with our parents is we are, we are evaluating where they are right now. And that is not us pigeonholing them. That is not, you know, suggesting that they can't become a great player. It's just, we're trying to create a competitive opportunity for them. That's going to allow them to go to an environment and have competitive experience. So our top level teams, when we start looking at those kids, um, we're going to send them to the toughest competition we can possibly find around Michigan. We go to Indiana for tournaments. Uh, they're playing a lot of AAU teams, you know, in some regard. And, uh, and then our middle teams, we kind of do a little hybrid. We send them to a couple tournaments, but we also find local competition for them and our goal is that we want them to be in, in good competitive games. You know, we don't want, we don't want them win in 47 to eight and we don't want them losing 47 to eight. We want that team, you know, we want it to be a, uh, within a 10 point game and have, have them learn how to play in those situations. And so uh, we tier that and uh, yeah. And then kind of every year we, we reassess. And sometimes we've had kids from our white team, which is our middle team bump up one year, the next year, you know, kids worked really hard. He's put in time and, 
it's evident and he gets better or the kid goes from five foot four to six foot one. And all of a sudden he's incredibly, you know, more competitive at that level. So again, I, I, there's so much to it and you're right. We can't really cover it all just probably on this, but um, it's been great for us. We've, we've mirrored those programs. We don't start our competitive rock program until the very end of that community ed program. So we encourage our kids, let's go be a part of this. Let's, let's be Rockford. Let's compete against each other. And then, Hey, through your experience, through your practices, now we're going to give you an opportunity to extend this season and go, you know, go in from December to March instead of just being done, you know, October to Christmas break where our community ed season runs. You know, my philosophy is this, in a world of youth sports today, our kids are going to go do something, right? They're going to go play indoor baseball. They're going to go uh, play indoor soccer. I mean, with everything that kids have available to them and, and this isn't a knock to other sports and not suggesting I want a one sport kid, but my thought was if we have a third grader that's going to looking to go do something here, let's make sure we provide them more opportunities, right? And let's expand that opportunity for them. And, and uh, you know, all in all, ultimately, like I said, then we're going to, then we're going to get development. We're going to develop some very experienced players by the time they get to, to that middle school level. And, and then, as we said, when we start trying to channel them into that really tight, narrow window of what is usually what five to seven kids per grade level, we have some very experienced players that have, that have naturally, uh, survived that gauntlet and and you know proven to be pretty good by the time they get up here Mm -hmm. so you have just to rewind this so you're i don't know what you call i'd call it like a house the house program would be october to mid-december so say 10 weeks give or take right and that's k through six correct right and then in january after break you have your travel teams for the kids that want to continue and that now they're going and playing uh different schools, AU teams, you're traveling around a little bit more instead of playing at, at Rockford. Right. Yep. Um, what is the, what is the, like the time frame look like? Uh, are parents involved as the coaches? Uh, you mentioned your, your varsity guys are doing the officiating, but you know, what, what I'm wondering is like how many, you said that they come in on Saturdays that is it a, like a once a week for an hour program? Is it like skills and then games what would say an hour or a practice or, you know, a week look like for, you know, a third grader? Yeah, that's a great question. So with our community ed program, the recreational portion that starts, like I said, in early, you know, early October and goes towards Christmas break, we have, um, they generally have one practice per week with their team and then they play one game per weekend. Okay. So it is a little less stressful in regards to, to that, you know, and I, Again, part of the thing there is that we get such a wide variety of, of ability at that point. And um, so that has proven to be successful. I think probably if you were to ask me, how could we make it better? What would be a perfect case scenario? I would love to see him get more than one practice per week. But again, at some point, facilities become part of the issue, right? And, and trying to find the gym space and the gym time and, um, and that kind of thing. But once we get to the, to the rock program, the travel program, which we do our training camp and right towards the end of October, we establish those teams in early November. Uh, we get uniforms and travel packages and all that stuff ordered for the kids. And they begin, they'll begin practicing in the early December. And with those teams, we really try to minimize, we try to make a minimum of two practices per week for them. Um, and so for example, one of our top teams, they may have two practices per week. They may have one night a week where they're going down to either MSA Fieldhouse or the courthouse, which are the facilities over here, playing a couple of games in what are their leagues. And then generally speaking, we're looking at five, six weekends from January to March, at least, where they're traveling to a couple two-day tournaments and such. So 
um, you know, it's, it's busy, right? It's a lot. And you try to you try to find that balance between staying competitive and putting in the time to develop, but also recognizing, like I said, I'm a parent who's running around with my, like a chicken with my head cut off half the time and trying to make sure that parents and kids have the opportunity to take a deep breath and be a kid too, as part of the thought process there. You mentioned some of the involvement of your uh, high school players and, and some coaches as well. What's the involvement of your middle school coaches and, and really from, you know, maybe that seventh grade level all the way on up as far as their involvement in the, your house program and your rock program. Yeah. So that was one of the interesting things when I got to Rockford was, uh, and again, I, I think this is part of it is because it's such a large entity, you know, but when I was in Seymour, uh, we had very good connectivity with our staff from, from the varsity team down to, uh, the middle school levels. When I got here, that was one thing that was missing for me is, is I didn't feel like there was quite the connection there that there needed to be. And, um, again, I, I don't know whose fault that was. That may have been my fault and kind of overlooking that piece of it or whatever. But, you know, in the last few years, I feel like that's one thing we've done is we've kind of, we've kind of reconnected on that. And, and I don't want to make it sound like I didn't even know who our coach, I knew who our coaches were. I knew what they were doing. We were at a lot of their games but I didn't feel like, um, you know, systematically and developmentally, there was as much interest in, in being on the same wavelengths, you know? And so, again, I think that's something that like every new job, you, you've got some things you got to work at. I think in the last few years, we've done a really nice job of kind of rebridging that. Um, I've got to give our middle school athletic director, Jen Domogowski, a lot of credit. That was a very big goal of hers a couple of years ago when she got hired was, making the middle school coaches feeling like they're working under on our staff, as opposed to, you know, which can be the case in public education, right. Is this is just a, an extra stipend and I'm here to fill some shoes. And, and so it's been, it's been much better in the last few years. So they're, they're involved. Um, our high school staff has a very big involvement in our youth program. I mean, part of the first thing I do when I bring a guy on is say, you know, are you ready for this? Because it is a lot. It is. We're talking about, it's not just coaching your team and showing up. There's a lot of things that we need you at the rock tryouts. We need you, you know, on Saturdays to be running one of these gyms and it's a huge investment. And so making sure that they're on board with that is always a first step for us. But, um, and then like you mentioned dads, right? We, we have, we do have our dads uh, for the most part in our rock program and our community ed programs coaching. And that's been one thing that I've really, wrestled with in the last three to four years is, you know, uh, I am such a big fan of that as a, as a guy who played for my dad growing up in various sports, as a guy that has seen certain groups of kids come through that have had very invested dads and moms for that matter. Right. Um, in their kids and their development, I've seen the power in that in, in uniting groups of kids. Um, but there's also drawbacks to that, right? There's also drawbacks. You get, you get, uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of prideful dads in this community and it doesn't always blend well. I mean, we've had groups where certain dads are like, you know, if he's coaching, my kid's not playing. If he, And so those are different dynamics, I think, in a place like this that you do have to always be aware of. And I can tell you this, I look back to my second year here and I think the best thing I did, um, you know, you come into a place like Rockford, there's a lot of pressure and, and maybe, maybe that was internalized as much as anything. But the best thing that I ever did is I said, listen, Kyle, there's going to be problems every year. This, this is a great place and it's very successful, but there are going to be problems every year. You're going to have a situation where you think you get this program in a, just a beautiful place. And then 
there's going to be an issue. There's going to be a dad that doesn't want to play for this dad. And there's going to be dads that are wanting to take their kids to other parts, different programs. And as much as you want it to just be rolling and beautiful and easy, it just, it's not, not even in a place like this. So once I really wrap my mind around that, I kind of came, I come into every year just with no expectations, you know, and like, okay, what are we going to face this year? Um, who's going to be unhappy about the way we did something last year. And then, and then not being defensive about that, not being like, Hey, this is my show. This is, this is a community program and we want people to be invested in it. And then we also want to continue to look to improve it and not just keep it status quo, just because we've done something two years ago, doesn't mean that's the way we need to do it again. If we think mm-hmm. we can make it better. What a great perspective to have. Yeah. It's helped me. I mean, cause right. uh, I would take those things personally, you know, if somebody didn't agree with the way we were doing things, I was, at first I was frustrated by that, you know, and now I've just kind of grown to appreciate it and, and, and think and listen, and then, you know, make what I think is the best decision for the program. And ultimately that's my job as long as I'm the coach here. And I want to be able to look back on it and realize that I wasn't, I wasn't stubborn about it. Um, Even if we're having success, right. We've been on a nice little run here the last few years. So it'd be easy to say, well, this is the way we've done it. This is how we're going to do it. Um, But every year we meet with kind of a board of, dads and a couple of coaches that help us with this program. And we're like, what can we do better? Right. Do we, do we want to find a way to facilitate um, hiring coaches or trainers for that matter, come in and work with our kids as opposed to depending on dads, you know? So those conversations are always being had. And I think we just take it one year at a time and, and uh, we pay attention to the, the program as a whole. And if people are coming back year after year and excited about it, then you feel like you're doing a lot of things well. Yeah, that reminds me, you mentioned like trainers coming in and there was a school when I lived in Ohio the, that I worked with a couple winters where um, they had their their house league, but similar to you. And it was also a large school, right? They probably had between 1,500 and 2,000 enrollment in the high school. So not as big, but close. Yep. And um, they had their youth basketball house league and then they had teams that would would divide up and travel. And if they didn't have uh, tournament that weekend they would bring me in that Saturday and work with the you know all the teams would be in the say 30 kids and then we'd, we'd work out for two hours and, instead of them going to a tournament um, but I always thought that was cool because on, on the parents and the coaches side it like it takes humility all the way around to be like hey we're going to be better if we like are, are welcoming and we're open and we're taking new ideas because they didn't know me like you know, uh, it was just like word, positive word of mouth is what it was. So, um, you know, I always thought, you know, interested in hearing how different programs run, uh, some of the stuff that they do, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand plus uh, enrollment at a school is is a big, big challenge. Which brings me to maybe one of the more difficult questions of this afternoon, coach, is at the youth and younger levels, right? There's a lot of you know, debate of, you know, more games to, to learn more skill development in order to, to learn the game. What do those ratios look like types of instruction block and random and, you know, game based. And what have you found successful as far as teaching skills of the game at the younger level and getting it to translate into playing actual games? That is such a great question. I mean, I, I, to me, that is as a varsity coach in the world today, that is the greatest question to try to navigate. Um, how do you balance uh, the, the societal norm 
and the way that we've kind of trended in the basketball world here, how do you, how do you balance the idea that more games and less practice is kind of the, is kind of the trend, um, especially if you're a kid, right? Like I try to go back and put myself into perspective. If I'm a kid, less practice and more games, that sounds beautiful, right? Um, as a coach, I find that alarming to a certain degree. Um, but again, what have I, as I've gotten older and done this more, I try to not be frustrated by those things. And I try to figure out what is the good in that? And then how can we balance that? Because again, if you're asking my personal opinion, I think from a cultural basketball standpoint, we, we play too much and develop less. And I think that that would be maybe a common thought comparatively to the rest of world basketball. Right. And you're seeing maybe, you're seeing some trends. I think those take a long time to play out, but I do think that there is, there is maybe something there. Um, but what's really hard is to, is to try and take your program in a different direction. If you feel that way. And then you're, so you're telling your kids, we're going to practice more. We're going to play in less games. And then all their buddies and all the people that they're associated with, whether it's the AU world or whether it's other high schools, they're like, man, we're playing this, 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 and this, and we're practicing a couple of times. And so, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't really figured that out. I think that we have tried to keep a nice balance there. We've tried to not um, play a hundred games, you know, but, but I think, um, you know, we give our coaches every year at the very beginning, a big Rockford basketball developmental coaching packet. And in that I have worked over the course of time. And again, like every coach, I've stolen all of this stuff, right? Like this is just, if you're, if you're not a good thief, you're not a good coach. And so I've taken things from places and people and, and what we have done is we've laid out in this packet for them, like, all right, you're in, you're in first grade. Um, these are the skills that we believe a quality player that is on track to become a varsity basketball player at Rocker needs to be able to do, right? Like for, let's use first grade or kindergarten, like front pivot, reverse pivot, you know, um, triple threat, all the basic stuff. But then as we get going on, we, we put more stuff in there and we say, listen, if you're serious about doing this, right, you want to know you're sitting there and you're like me. I mean, I look at my son and I love it more than anything in the world. Um, it's going to be a competitive environment for him, right? Like my wife and I talk about this, whether I'm the varsity coach here or not to become a varsity athlete at a place like this is overwhelmingly difficult. Oh. And so we try to give them the blueprint of what we think it takes. And then, then we depend on those coaches. We depend on those dads, you know, like, are they doing those things in practice? Right. I mean, this is what we're telling you. This is what we see. Our varsity point guard eventually has got to be elite. Our varsity, you know, players here. So they've got to be able to do these things. And so my philosophy on that has been, let's, let's find that nice balance, right? Let's, let's make sure they're having fun. We want them going to hotels and staying. I mean, you talk to our kids about what's their favorite part about AAU as opposed to high school, right? It's going to stay in hotels. It's playing a lot of games. It's, it's playing in front of college coaches. And so as a high school coach, it's not up to me to say, well, that won't work. We got to do it this way. What's up to me is that how can I take those good things? How can I find a way to take our kids and let's go play in the, in the summer and stay in a hotel? Let's take our youth kids. Let's go let them experience that. How can we get some college coaches into our open gyms and our shoot in our, in our practices? And let's, let's create the good parts that go with that and bring them here and in the meanwhile, almost like deceptively trick them into practicing more and working harder and, and, and blending them. So I know that's not a great answer. It's kind of a cop out, but I, I would, I'm so glad you asked that because I think about it often. Um, I share those thoughts and conversations with other coaches that I respect and trust. And I think it is the hardest part. I think the hardest part we face today as coaches is how do we continue to develop the skills that are necessary, the fundamentals that are necessary, and also cater towards 
the trend in society, which is playing a lot of games, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To our coaches. I mean, that, that guide is really important because, you know, it can, it can give a coach or a volunteer parent an idea of the skills that they should cover throughout the course of those two and a half months or whatever it is. To our coaches edge members, we have a guide like that on the website. So if you want to, you want it, you can give that print it out, give it all your coaches, but yeah, um, it, it's just really important to be on the same page and I'm sure those topics, as far as like when they can pivot, right, the type of passes they should be able to have when they're, you know, are they developing some of their finishing and shooting skills? You know, you've met, you've, you've put a lot of time and thought into that, put it down. I think that helps build a great foundation. And it's very interesting what we do in the U.S. because we're the only place that does it this way. Yeah. You know? right. um, when I was in Germany, so two of my four seasons overseas, I was also coaching a high school team. Okay. And, um, one interesting thing was we had like an eight month season and, um, those, those kids would practice not every day, not as often as you would, but the season's so much longer. Right. Okay. And then you'd only play one game a week, right. You only play on the weekend. And so like, they weren't practicing as consistently as I may have wanted them to just scheduling and so on and so forth. But to be able to see like, this is a longer season. And because they're not playing as many games, it was up to me to try to like figure out, well, what's a sweet spot from a practice standpoint where we are playing and right. not working on our skills. So they're still getting enough gameplay to feel like, okay, when game time comes on Saturday, they're ready to go. Um, but boy, they were hungry to play by the time yeah. Saturday came around. Man. Like, because they don't get to play like we do in the States. Hey, you're going to play five games this weekend. Yeah. You get one game uh, right. to play. And, and so like they were talking about frothing at the mouth and like competing and going hard. Uh, that was one, the, one of the bigger differences I, I picked up uh, from being around youth basketball and uh, somewhere else. And I always think yeah. about like, what are, what are the sweet spots yeah. that, that we can kind of combine? Like, like you mentioned, what are the good things from both that we can kind of combine them? And do a better you know, the other thing, the other thing that goes along with that, Steve, that I, I've experienced is, you know, I have this fear, this overwhelming fear that we are, we are devaluing winning, you know, and, and the way that you go to a, a tournament now and you're going to play five games, like these kids go in and like, you're playing five games. Right. And you go back to in, in the early two thousands, for example, and I don't want to be the grandpa who walked uphill both ways, but you go back to that time period, it speaks to what you're saying. Like you go to a tournament, you had to win to play Sunday. Right. Like you, you, you were going home. You weren't going to play Sunday if you didn't, if you didn't win. And so right. again, I, I try to be open-minded about that because I, I do think there's value. And I mean, we have more kids playing AU than we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of that is because there are a lot of opportunities. There are a lot of teams, there are a lot of divisions now. So we have some of our kids that, uh, you know, in years past, maybe they didn't even get a chance to play, but now yeah, they're they wouldn't have made so a team. There's value there, but in the same token, I find every year when our kids come back to us in the fall and in the early winter, one of the things that we have to hammer home from a cultural standpoint in a place like this, we are about winning, right? Like we are about that. That's where it starts. And, and these are the things that we believe as our program are, are going to help us win. And that part is hard because you have to sell the kids on that again. Like we come in every year and I can tell you this from the perspective of, I mean, we come in every year and the very first thing that our coaching staff talks about is, man, are we rebounding poorly? Well, it's not being emphasized all the time, right? So now we come back to that point where defense and rebounding and transition defense, things that, again, this isn't a AAU is not valuable message. It's just right. that there are values in those things when we start getting back to this point where we have to be really good at them. And so 
along the lines of our youth program, that's where we, that's where we try to harp on those things. And we try to get our coaches to believe in those things. And yes, exposure is a whole nother element, right? Like our exposure of these kids and getting them to the next level, we have an obligation to, to meet in the middle on that and to give them those chances. But from a program perspective, you know, again, we have to hang our hat on certain things here in Rockford and be, a, and be good at certain things. And it's up to me, I guess, to continue to learn how to balance that and make sure that our kids are getting those things at an early age and believe in them because that's the big part. It can't just be, Hey, this is coach Clough's way or the highway. Our guys have to believe in those things. And thankfully, like I said, the last few years, we've seen some really nice, uh, you know, seasons come to fruition here. And, and I think our younger guys have seen that. And so now I've noticed the last couple of years, a lot easier guys come in and we start preaching the things that we need to do here, you know, they're, they're on board with it. And so that's, that's a powerful thing when you've invested into that program and you start to see that working out. Coach Clough breaking down, preaching some competitive stamina here. Yeah. Yeah. Competitive exactly. stamina, which uh, <laughs> is the JJ Reddick stuff. Some of the stuff I've talked about, that's a, that's a skill that uh, is extremely valuable. I think, especially in, in the world of like, Hey, you're guaranteed to play four or five games on a weekend, right? We, we're devaluing, uh, winning, having the competitive stamina to give your best regardless. Right. I mean, it's one thing to have a nice jumper, right? But yeah. rebounding also wins. Defense also wins, right? And you got to get after and compete and, and all those things. So, Coach, we're we're about out of our time. This, yeah. this was uh, awesome. Thank you for, for taking the time. This was great. Yeah, I appreciate having me on and thanks for everything you do. And it sounds like we need to get you over here for a, for a part of our training camp to work with some of our kids. So maybe we'll have to see if that could be one of the nice additions we make to the Rockford Youth Program this year. There you go. We'll have to we'll have to talk scheduling, see if we can get you see if we can get you on the calendar. So uh, yeah, thank you. Great, Let's chat again soon. And to our listeners, appreciate you guys for taking the time to spend some time with with Coach uh, Clough and myself. And uh, hope we help you out with a little bit of your thoughts as you build your youth program. So thanks for listening. You're and, awesome, man. Thank you.